0: you all kind of you all wait because uh makes uh, it easy for me, so I appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate y'all. But um, again, just I've been given and blessed with another opportunity to present to you all a lesson uh, from a study of God's Word, and I, again, I'm thankful, and I take this very, very seriously, and I'm appreciative of the opportunity that's been given to me, and my hope and prayer is that this lesson will not only help us examine our relationship with God and help us to self-evaluate uh, how we... Conduct our daily walk with God, and how we, uh, you know, measure ourselves based on the standards of God. But also how we deal with each other, like right? how we, how we view each other. And are we viewing each other the way that God will have us view each other, or, or are we adding things when we deal with each other? So we got to make sure that that's what we're doing. And this lesson is simply to encourage, and I, I hope and pray this it is beneficial because it's been beneficial for me because I myself had have had to evaluate myself. Right, but before I do that, and Brother May didn't tell me to do this, but I. I, I I find it noteworthy uh, because the, the word of God is, is so powerful and it, and it translates into different aspects of everything. And, and uh, the spirit works in different ways because i made some notes based on the lesson that you gave this morning. And as I was listening to his lesson, I was he was affirming what was in mind. And I said to myself, the word of God is powerful. And, and one of the, uh, some of the things I made notes, I made little quotations and everything, uh, plenty for everyone to do. That's something that you said this morning because there is, and and again, we'll get into that, stepping up, right? And one thing that you said that was very important is the importance of the Word of God, right? Mm. We've got to understand that when we go about living this Christian life, we've got to realize if we don't know what's in God's Word, how then can we understand how we're being measured by the standards of God, right? right? We've got to make sure, and the class that I teach, I always tell them, listen, when you go out, you need to ensure that you have an understanding of what it is that you're saying. Right? Because a lot of times you may be the only thing that a person has They may not get to a Bible, you may be it So again, we've got to understand the importance of being people of the book right? uh, One thing you said that was that was very important That was very, very pertinent to the lesson that I plan on giving Is is everything that we do, it won't matter if your heart ain't right, right? It's not going to matter We can do whatever it is that we think is the right thing But if your heart ain't right, it's not going to matter right? and, and again, I, I underlined uh, The church is to practice self-evaluation Because again This lesson will challenge us, and I hope that it does. And my hope and prayer is that it challenges us to self-evaluate. So the measure of a strong Christian. So what we need to understand is that the way that God views man and the thing that he looks for is very different than what we do. Because we add things. And we got to remember, any time that you add the human element to anything, we'll mess it up. We will mess it up. Just... Automatically understand that we'll mess it up. All right, so we've got to understand that. And again, we'll further examine that in this lesson. But first, by definition, right? And this is not to insult anyone. This is just to make sure that we all collectively are on the same page and we're getting it in the same context. That's all we're doing. I want to make sure we're all on the same page. Uh, measure. The verb, uh, by definition, is to ascertain the size, amount, or degree of something by using an instrument or device marked in standard units or by comparing it with an object or known size. Now, you have your standards of measurement, pounds, kilograms, inches. You know, Measuring weight, we use pounds or kilograms. Electricity, watts, uh, kilograms, right? Use inches, centimeters, we're measuring liquids. You have milliliters, cups, all those different things, right? That's just a standard of measurement. That's all we're talking about, right? That's not what we're going to talk about. Today. <laughs> all right? So now, the second uh, definition, right? This is more on along the line of what we'll be dealing with. It says, uh, to estimate or assess The extent, quality, value, or effect of something or someone, right? And if we drop down, judge someone or something by comparison. In other words, there's a certain standard that we're comparing them by. A lot of times when you have potential draftees going into a professional sport, they have combines, and they come in and they're evaluated based on different criteria. And the more they meet that particular criteria that's been given, the higher their value, right? That's very simply what we're talking about. Reaching the required or expected standard, fulfilling expectation. That's, again, talking about measure right? Didn't measure up. Sometimes if we think about it, if we want to be honest, sometimes, most times, we don't measure up. No. Right? So let's understand what it is that we're talking about. And very, lastly, scrutinize someone keenly in order to form an assessment of them. Right? So that means we are, we are going through a fine tooth comb and we are thoroughly going through what this person is doing or what they're not doing. We're making an assessment based on those things. Right? So now that's just very simply by definition what measure is in the verb tense. Right? Now, Let's get to our scripture text. Let's look at the difference between how God measures a man and how we tend to do it sometimes. Right? So now, 1 Samuel 16, 6 and 7 says, And it came to pass, as it was read in, in your hearing, And it came to pass when they were come, that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Right? But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or his appearance you know, to look upon. Right? Very simply by definition. He's considered handsome or comely. Uh, in this context is what we're talking about, uh, or on the height of his stature, because I refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So let's look at what's going on, what, what's happening. Right? Why, would, why would God say that to Samuel? Right? Verse, if we back up in the same chapter, verses 1 and 2, God is speaking to Samuel about Saul, Right? because now Saul is sorrowful, he's upset, he's remorseful because he anointed King Saul, and he didn't turn out the way that everybody thought he would, right? He didn't turn out that way. So now Saul feels bad, and now he's afraid because God said, listen, this is what I need you to do, right? I need you to go on down to Bethlehem, and I need you to anoint the man that I chose based on the way that I measure. So now you go do that, and Saul's like, listen, man, he's feeling bad, feeling sorry for himself. Because, again, Saul didn't measure up, right? So now let's look on how Saul was evaluated, right? 1 Samuel 9, 2, uh, and he had a son whose name was Saul. And, and he had his son. He's talking about Kish. So Saul was the son of Kish. Uh, a choice young man. Right? So now when if someone is a choice young man, that means in the process of choosing, that's the one you want. Right? A choice young man. That's, that's the one that you want. And a goodly. Right? Goodly means fair, beautiful, the best, good. All the good uh, adjectives that we can associate with a person, that's goodly. Right? And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. Oh, now we got some stats. Now Uh, we got to understand. We've got some stats. Now understand that God knew His people. Right? God knew exactly what His people would look for in a king. He understood. Already understood that. Right? Because those are the things that they would be susceptible to. Right. So now you've got much like ourselves. Right? Some people look. We can look good, smell good, say the right things. We evaluate based on those uh, those outward attributes. Right. But again. That's the problem with the way that we measure men Amen. and the way that God does it, right? So let's continue to look at that because, again, as we say, he was youthful in his prime, tall, good-looking. He was handsome, right? That's what you want, right? So when you see him, understand that size and beauty during that time were attributed to regal qualities, right? That's what you wanted for in any king because those are manly qualities, tall, good-looking, handsome. There's no way he couldn't be the king, right? That's what you want right there, right? So now we see how that turned out. Right? And God tried to tell them before they even chose. God said, listen, it's not going to turn out the way that you all want. But they wanted a king. So based on the things that he knew his people would look for, that's what he gave them. Right? And that's how it turned out. So again, the difference between how we view man and how God views man. Again, y'all stay with me. So now, Samuel's misjudgment. So now we're going to go back to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Now we'll go back to our, our scripture text. Right? So and at this point in 6 and 7, Uh, God is telling Samuel, hey, look, I rejected Saul, right, because Saul in chapter, uh, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 15, right, that whole chapter, Saul was disobedient, didn't do what God said do. So now because of that thing, again, remember I told y'all, the way that we evaluate the way he was evaluated, we didn't see that coming. We didn't see that coming. We didn't see that that Saul was going to turn out the way that he turned out, right? right? So now the fact that he did, God said, you know what, I'm done with that. Mm, Nope, I don't need that. So now he's telling them, again, as I said, he's telling, now you go down to Bethlehem, right? Because I've got a man that I want you to know. So you go ahead, stop feeling sorry for yourself, take that oil, pour it in that horn, you go on down and you get my man, right? You get the one that I chose based on how I evaluate men, right? That's what he's talking about. So now, in Samuel in verse 6, right, almost made the same mistake. He almost made the same mistake. And it came to pass, verse 6, 1 Samuel 16 and 6, and it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him, right? Now you hadn't learned your lesson. Because now you are still looking at those outward attributes and thinking to yourself, he has got to be the king because he looked good, That's right. right? Now understand how that translates to us, and we'll get to that, right? We'll get to that. But understand, he almost made the same mistake, but God said, "What? Well, no. That is no, because you're looking at those outward things. I'm looking at the heart of a man, right? And so now let's look. We're still in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, if we jump one chapter over, what we'll see is we will see the character of Eliab. We'll see the mistake that he almost made. 1 Samuel 17. Uh, Beginning at verse 28, and Eliab, his eldest brother, talking about David now, David was the one who was anointed. Uh, His eldest brother heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride, and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? So now understand, now we're discovering the character of Eliab. Now, the one who looked good, but his heart wasn't where it needed to be. So now, it's what he's doing, and David was very simply trying to inspire the men because they were dealing with Goliath. They were scared. David said, listen, what y'all scared for? We got God behind us, right? Trying to inspire them because of his courage and his bravery. His brother said, "Go, boy, sit down somewhere. And what he did was, if, y'all, if you don't realize, he threw that on him. He said, listen, man, who watching them sheep that you got, right? He associated his lowly position with his moral character, right? And we see how that turned out. So Eliab, again, a mistake was almost made by Samuel because he was judging based on what he saw as opposed to what God sees, right? So now, and it didn't take long. It didn't take long for us to see how Eliab turned out because that's just a chapter over, right? So we've got to understand that. So now, we've examined the scriptural example of how that could turn out wrong for a person because King Saul didn't turn out the way that Israel thought he would. Samuel was saddened by that because he loves, understand, Samuel loved Saul, right? But he didn't turn out the way that he thought he was based on the evaluation that he gave, right? So now we have again examined uh, the scriptural example of how God's measure of a man is far more accurate than ours, right? Far more accurate. So let's see how that translates to us. Now, how are strong Christians measured, right? Attendance, right? Participation, leadership. And those are just a few. Right. Typically those are, I don't think anybody would have an issue with being evaluated in that way. I think I think we can work with those. If we attend all the services, we typically are faithful Christians, right? Mm-hmm. If we attend some, there's a weakness somewhere, right? <laughs> Participation. If we participate in all activities and programs, right? There's a strong level of commitment, right? But if we don't participate, we measure their level of commitment or lack thereof. Like now we're having that keen out, oh, well. So understand. Remember what I and let me be very, very clear. Let me be very clear as to what I'm not saying. God has obligated us to do certain things within his body, right? But what I'm getting to is the heart in which we do it. That's the whole point of it, right? So understand. No, don't, don't misconstrue me. I don't want y'all brother, are out there. talking. No, no, no. We're talking about description, right? Leadership, right? Men, we lead songs. We we'll lead prayers. We'll serve, right? Some of us may even teach or preach, right? And women, the measurements are not that far off. If we look at it, they're teaching as well within the parameters of scriptures, right? Women's Bible study, teaching the youth, you know, active around the building. We always see the women moving, doing things around the building. That's, we're measuring those things. And again, for the most part, seems pretty spot on, right? S- regarding how we view strong Christians. Again, as I said, no one will have any issues with those. But anytime you introduce the human element mm-hmm. into anything, mm-hmm. we're going to have a problem, mm-hmm. right? And so let's see how those measurements that we deem, you know, uh, good qualities can be a problem, right? Not because God made them a problem, but who made them the problem? We ourselves did, right? How we view each other. So we've got to make sure that we, we understand it. Now, so some of the problems. Let's look at it. We'll get, get my little get my little chart. I ain't got I don't got many, I don't want to put too much of a lesson on there. I want y'all to pay attention to me. God's measure versus man's measure, right? So now, the problems that we have outwardly it measures very simply the outward the outside of a man, right? Because all those things that we said that are, are, are uh, valued as strong Christians, you know, we can do every one of those things, every single one of those things, but spiritually be lacking. Right? So we can come in, look good. Again, look at, look at Saul. We can come in doing those things every Sunday, week in and week out. When you see me, you know I'm doing something for the Lord. Every time you see me, I'm doing things. I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. But on the inside, my spirit is rank. Right? There is no way. I could possibly think and understand what God would have of me. Because I'm doing these things because I know y'all think it looks good. So let me get out of here and do it. All right? So understand. That's the problem that we introduce when we begin to view things from our own perspective as opposed to what God would have us view. Right? So now, hypocrisy. right? Hypocrisy. Now we've got to deal with that hypocrisy. By definition, hypocrisy is very simply the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. So in this case, it'll be the inverse. right? Because... Our outward behavior doesn't match where we are spiritually. And when I say that, what I mean is we're doing all the right things. It looks like we're doing the right things. But on the inside, our heart is not where it needs to be. Our heart is not focused on God. We're not doing things because of God. Right? We're doing things because it looks good to you right? So let's make sure we understand the actors, if we look at actors, actors very simply are hypocrites. Because when they take on a role, what are they doing? They're portraying different characters. Right? That's not who they are. You know, that's, not, that's not who they are. They're just playing a character. So again, the self-assessment comes from within because is this who we are? The things that we're doing outwardly, is that who we are or are we just doing it because it looks good? Right? Because we know that people will attribute that to being a strong Christian. If I'm here doing those things, oh, man, he must be good to go or she must be good to go. Am I? Are you? Is the question very simply. Spiritual immaturity. All right, well, what do you mean being spiritually immature? This is what we can do. For years, right, some of us, we can adopt a cyclical regimen of seemingly doing the right thing, right? We can check the block every single week, do the right thing. For years, right? Four years, and in our minds, we're good to go. We've done the things that's required of us. We've done those things that we know ain't nobody going to talk about us for doing right? We've done those things, right? right? But have we challenged ourselves? to grow spiritually? Have we gotten beyond those basic principles? Again, Hebrews 6 1, again, as I said, we've got an obligation to grow. Uh, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Again, remembering, now that's, that's, in, a, that's in a different context, but I want to make sure that it's illustrating the need to grow spiritually. Because again, as I said, we can do those things and have done them for years. My father has a saying, and I, he's here, and I, I want to make sure that I communicate this correctly. He says that you can be full-grown and useless. Oh, oh Lord. Could you imagine being full-grown and useless within the body? But when you see me, when you see me, though, I look good. I'm doing all those things. But to God, when he measures us, we can be full-grown and useless. So understand what it is that we're trying to get across. Because we've got to make sure that God has his own measurements right? He's given them to us. And again, let me be very clear. What I'm saying is each one of us are obligated to do those things, right? And we'll get to to the the, the measurements of a strong Christian. We'll get to that because that's a part of it. But we want to make sure that we understand where we are spiritually, where is our heart in regards to those things that we're doing outwardly, right? So now, also what it does when we add the human element into judging people based on the outward deeds, right, or lack thereof, uh, it neglects the many different components of the body, right? So what, what I'm saying is God measures each individual based on the abilities that he has given, right? To each one of us, each one has been given an ability for the edification of his body, right? For the functionality of a unit. So for e- each one of us, everything that we individually do should be supporting the function and the growth of the body as one unit, right? Right? The, the comment was made, there's something for everybody to do. Right? Everyone here has a job, and if everyone here does their job, we'll show enough growth. Right? There will be no concerns with that. So now understand that when we do that, when we standardize what a strong Christian looks like, when we standardize it, what we do is we neglect the different components and the aspects of the multifaceted body. Right? We've got to remember that. Right? So First Corinthians 12, if, we, if reading in First Corinthians 12, everybody can't be an eye. Everybody can't be a nose. Everybody can't be a hand or a foot. But what we'll do is this. This is what we'll do. I may be an eye. You may be a foot. But you will judge me based on the measurements of a foot as an eye. right? right? So again, understand. God has given me a job. You got a job. So you can't measure me based on the measurements that God has given you for your job because I got my own. Right? So what we'll do is we'll self-impose. Oh, you ain't doing this? Well, you hey, where are you? Listen, I got a job. You do your job, I do my job, and I guarantee you, what did I say? The body will show sure enough growth, right? So we've got to understand that. We've got to understand those things, right? And Romans 12, uh, beginning at verse 3. And a lot of times what we do is we read, we read Romans 12, 1 and 2, right? And we'll stop. But if we were to keep going, this is what it says. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Every man. So each one of us, right? That faith has to be with, for with each one of us. Each one of us has to deal with that faith thing. Everyone in here. You can't deal with mine. I can't deal with yours. We have each endi- we can encourage all day long. But again, that's an individual obligation that we as members have in this body. right? So now. Uh, Reading on, uh, verse 4, in Romans 12, uh, verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So again, remember I told you, everybody's not going to be an eye. Mm -hmm. Everybody's not going to be a foot. There's only one head, right? So we understand all that dissension, all those problems, those issues, those mis-evaluating, misjudging people based on what we think they should be doing and what they think that I should be doing, all those things. Listen, that ain't come from God, right? Because each one of us has been assigned an ability Used for the edification of his body Amen. as one unit. Right? There's a oneness within the body. That's what that means. That one body. That's what that means. Right? So to keep in uh, verse six, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Again, now those gifts that they're talking about. Let me let me stay within context. Uh, that's talking about the foundational principles of the church of establishment. But for us, those gifts have still been given to us by grace, it's specific to us. Right? We've got to understand that. So. God has given each individual a specific individual talent based on his grace, right? Not our grace. Like, we can't give anything to anybody, right? Based on his grace, and he measures them. Based on how they take that one thing or that thing, the things that he's given them to do for the edification of his body. So the question then for God's evaluation is, how committed are you to doing that one thing that grows the body, right? Or are you concerned with the standards that we've imposed upon each other. Right? So those are questions again for us. So the result of measuring what we think the measure of a strong Christian is based on what we think can lead very simply to misjudgments, as I said, and condemning one another. Right? Hmm. That's what we'll do to each other. We'll do that within the body. We'll do that to one another. Amen. Right? Being hasty in our judgment based on the things that we see. Right? So James 4 and 11 says, it speaks on this, Speak not evil one of another. Brethren, he that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judgeth the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Right? You have now elevated yourself to the position of God. Because now you're judging based on the things that you feel like aren't being done or you feel like the things that are being done. Right? But again, as I said, each one of us has a job to do. Right? Everybody's not going to be an that, so everybody can't be evaluated based on being an that within his body. Right? So now, continuing on. When we understand that the things that we do outwardly, right? Again, as I said, going back, just want to go back. That's correct, right? But what I'm saying is those things will come naturally once we've changed within, right? Once that transformation in there, we won't get caught up in those things because we're naturally doing those things. That's familiar to us. Why? Because we understand the need to change within, right? So again, let's look at God's measure of a strong Christian. Go back to my chart here. Y'all. My little, my little. So now, our children, and we looked, we didn't even, I didn't even catch it at the time. When I was, I was looking at this scripture last night, I laughed because our children, when they sang the fruits of the Spirit, they gave us the qualities that God measures us on for being a strong Christian. They gave it to us. Galatians 5, 22, and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Understand, that's an internal thing. That is a right. spiritual thing. We understand the need to be transformed in that way because then what happens is those spiritual fruits are being produced, right? Because we're watering them. We're, we're making sure we're feeding them, and they're growing. So now that then becomes a part of us. So we're not, so <laughs> we don't do Christian. We are Christian, right? Amen. Understand there's a difference because we can do it all day long. Right. But now Amen. when we understand the need for the transformation within, understand those fruits of the Spirit and how they're grown, how they're, how they're nurtured, right? We are Christian. That's who we are. We are his body. So, again, being transformed from within. There's a newness of spirit within that transformation. Remember that we're born again in the spirit. John chapter 3 tells us that. We're born again in the spirit. Because, again, as I said, if we understand the need to be born again within the spirit, right, if we're concentrating on the within, right, then because of that, as I said, it will naturally flow into an outward manifestation of the love and the obedience that we have to God's word. Right? Not based on a standard someone has imposed upon us or we ourselves have imposed on someone else. It is based on what God would have us do. And that comes from a love and a desire and an obedience to do his will. Right? Very simply, that's where that comes from. That's right. And so, now understand, we'll most assuredly do those things. James 2.18, I love this. James 2.18 says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Because I believe in his word. I'm doing those things. I'm attending. right? When I'm sing, I'm singing, I'm leading songs. I'm praying. When I'm praying, I know that I'm up here not praying because somebody asked me to do it. I'm doing it because there is a desire and a want to do his will to serve. right? When, when our ladies, when they teach, when they step up, they're doing that because of a desire to want to do it. Not because somebody asked them. Not because somebody expects them to do it. We do it because we want to do it. Because that's what God wants us to do. Right? And we understand those things. In Ephesians 2. And 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, and we should walk in them. Understand that when we were created, right? That new creation, when God created, we were created in Christ, everything that we do is done for the edification and the glory of God. That's what we do it for. That's what we're supposed to be doing, right? So again, those standards when we impose those standards of how we view a strong Christian, what we got to remember, is that what God wants us to do? And how have we inserted ourselves into how we view those qualities as a strong Christian? So we've got to ask ourselves those questions and make sure you know this is this is for everyone, right? And we understand those things. And, and again, because God is measuring us again, as I said, in the inner man, right? Ephesians three sixteen and seventeen, and this is why uh, that he Ephesians three sixteen says that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, right? that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, right? Understand the things that outwardly manifest from the love that we have and allowing Christ to dwell within them and we keep a clean house, as we say, within spiritually, we'll do those things, right? We'll do those things. And God measures us based on how we do them, right? So now, let's continue to talk about the transformative nature of being a strong Christian, right? We can measure them. But very simply, the transformative nature of a strong Christian is transformation over conformity, right? And and, and what I'm saying, it's easy for us to conform to a particular pattern, right? Again, as I said, we can for years cyclically come in here and do those things and check those blocks. And seemingly, we're doing the right thing, right? Mm -hmm. Leave out of here, heart still ain't right. Come back in here, doing those things, checking that block, conforming to the patterns in which we think have been imposed upon us as members of the body, we'll do those things. Showing sure up, we'll shuck and job all day, but is our heart into it? Do we understand what it is that we're doing? Right? Do we want to do the things that we're doing? Or again, are we doing it because we don't want anybody to talk about us? We don't want anybody in our business. We don't want anybody telling us what to do with our lives. Right? Because again, understand, we mistake that thing. We we put people in places where it's not people, but it's God telling you to do those things. So we've got to watch that as well. Right? So again understand that transformative nature of being a strong Christian, it's, it's continual and it's progressive. Yeah. It's an everyday thing. Right? We don't do it here and there. We do it all the time because, again, if we continuously understand the love and the grace in which we've been given, we'll do it freely. We'll want to do it. Right? Yeah. We'll want to do it. Because, right? so, again, we can put up a front. We can't. We can show enough to that. That's, that's the easy part for us. Again, remember that conformity, conforming to the standards in which we think that we should be a, a, a walking our, our daily lives? Uh, we can put up a front, but God sees us as we really are. He sees who we really are, right? Because, again, he measures us completely different, right? Remember how Samuel got caught up in that with Saul and then again with Eliab? He made that mistake by looking outwardly. God was looking inward. God looks at us every day inwardly, even when we're here. Even when we're singing, even when we're doing those things that seemingly are the right thing, God is still evaluating you. Understand that. And we need him to, right? We need him to, right? (laughs) Because we'll mess it up. As I said, anytime you introduce the human element, we will mess it up, right? Psalms 139, 23, 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Understand, we can come in here and we can do all those things that seem to be right. But is it right within our hearts? right? And, and the beauty of the word of God, right? the beauty with understanding what's in the word of God, Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and tents of your heart. Understand, like I said, we can put up a front, but the word of God will surely cut you. Right? And what we should be willing to, to do is allow it to cut us. Right. Right? We should allow that. Right? Because again, as I said, we can fall into a pattern of doing the, the right thing seemingly, but is it what God would have us do? And is our heart yeah. in it? Right? Okay. Are we inspired by the Spirit of God? Or are we inspired by not wanting anybody to talk about us, by not being a strong Christian? Yeah. Right? Amen. Right? Very simple. Right. So, as I conclude, right, I'm coming to a close. I didn't, I didn't, didn't take long at all. Uh, we have to ensure that we're familiar with the standards of measurement that God has established, right? Because, again, we have what we think is a strong Christian. Every one of us has those things personally and individually what we think is a strong Christian, right? And I, and I, and I would be remiss to say some of them are in alignment with the Word of God. However, have we evaluated ourselves and made sure that we ourselves are in alignment with the Word of God, right, before we impose those things? Because... What we'll tend to do is we'll look at someone who may be passive in their daily walk, right, and their outward manifestation of, of, you know, being a Christian, right? We'll look at someone outwardly. But what we may miss by misjudging, right, and not understanding what God is looking for, that person that we consider to be passive in their walk may be daily waging warfare against personal sin. They may be a warrior, right? We don't even see those things because we've judged the things that we can't see. We've judged the things that they're not doing or the things that they're doing but they may be fighting every day in this spiritual battle, understanding the need to fight, right? Also, they may be in daily service to others for the sake of Christ, right? Those are things that we may not see, but we judge based on what we can see. We're human beings. Again, as I said, anytime you introduce that human element, we're going to make a mistake, right? And again, as I said, we may never see it, but again, as in 1 Samuel 16 and 7, what did did, did God tell Samuel? But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, On the height of his stature, because I have refused him, right? We can be refused, understand that. The things that we do look good, but God can refuse those things, because for the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So I I trust and pray something has been said uh, to challenge you and to encourage us all to, as it says on this bulletin, practice self-evaluation, right? Because we've got to understand that we live this life based on what we think is right. But it's important for us to know what is right as a, according to the word of God. Right? Yeah. And if you are here today, and I want to ensure that I extend this invitation for someone who has not obeyed the gospel. If you're here today, understand that you, you're, you also are being evaluated by God. You're being evaluated because you've heard his word. You've heard his word. You've heard enough of his word. Now, hopefully, prayerfully, You'll hear something within that word that moves you to believe in that word, right? Moves you to repent of the sins, understanding that now I need to turn away from a life filled with chaos and being lost and outside the promise of God, right? Now, also what that does is we move, based on that repentance, to confessing that Jesus is the Son of God, and he came down and died, died for our sins. He didn't do anything wrong. He did it because we were wrong, right? Because we're still wrong. He did that. And again, being continued to move on to baptism, the immersion baptism, going down that water and grave because you understand that all those things are true, justified by that faith in the gospel, right? And also, if you are a member of his body, and if God were to say today, you know what? Now it's time for your evaluation. Now, most of us work in jobs where we get evaluated for performance, right? We get evaluated for performance, If you know in your heart of all hearts that if God were to come down and write your evaluation right here as you stand, if you know that you are not where you need to be, now is the time to get it right. Allow yourself to get back with an alignment of the word of God and worry about making sure that you yourself are doing your job, the job that God has specifically given you, right? Because we're in the place, again, we're in a house of prayer. And again, as I close, uh, uh, I trust and pray. That again, someone has been encouraged. Uh, I've been encouraged, and it has been a. Uh, hopefully, we continue on a daily journey of self-evaluation as it pertains to the Word of God. Let us now be found standing. Give not to